Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, His Son Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What's it like to be in need? Your first thought may have gone in the direction of financial needs. And certainly there are many who, who live with that. For many it's a real problem, a real painful problem. Because the lack of finances usually means a, a lack of options. It's, it's like having your hands and feet both tied with everything that you try to do. Finances, however, may not be a problem for you, but I suspect that you still know what it means to be in need. Perhaps you're in need of hope. And if not hope, uh, you might need peace. Peace with God, peace with others in your life. Perhaps even joy. When's the last time you had just a, a good belly laugh? It could have been years since you've experienced any of those. Going a little deeper, maybe, maybe you recognize the need for faith. Now, you've got the seed of faith. Thank God for that. You've got the faith to be saved, but, but you recognize you're still in need, still lacking. Perhaps you would like to have a stronger faith in God's presence. And that moment-by-moment moment awareness that you are never, ever alone. Or even greater, in God's power. His sovereign, divine power that works all of the circumstances of, of this life out for your good. Let me raise the question again. What's it like to be in need? I think it's humbling. Um, it, it leaves us feeling demoralized. It, it makes us realize at our very core that we are inadequate. And we don't have to look far at all to see that, that this world we're living in is, is in great need, morally, emotionally, in many places materially, in all places, spiritually. I'll just be blunt. Our nation, which certainly is one of the most affluent and wealthiest of any place on earth, might be the nation that is most in need. It's true of preschoolers and presidents alike. It's true of laborers and legislators. It's true of me. It's true of you. So what's the answer? How are we who are so much in need, how are we supposed to cope? I mean, how are we to, to manage going from one day to the next? Well, back in the day, back in the day when the Beatles were first on the scene and going strong, they wrote a song that included this lyric. I get by with a little help from my friends. And true friends are like that, aren't they? As a follower of Jesus who came to befriend one and all, I hope that you're that kind of a friend who gives a little help to those around you. 
And I pray that you've got those kinds of friends, those who will give you a little help. In some cases, though, a little help's still not enough. I'm not sure how many of you uh, follow the Heisman Trophy, but last Saturday night, not yesterday, but a week ago, uh, Joe Burrows provided a very passionate speech as he accepted the Heisman Trophy, the, the prestigious award for being the greatest football player in the nation on the college level. But because of his tears, he, he almost couldn't complete his his prepared speech. You see, rather than the focus all being on him, he instead put the spotlight on the impoverished kids of his small hometown in Ohio. It's an area that has two times the, the poverty level as the national average. And this is what Joe Burroughs said. He said, I'm up here for all of those kids in Athens and Athens County who go home to not a lot of food on the table, hungry after school. You guys can be up here too. And do you know what happened after that? Because of his heartfelt words, a, a fund was set up that night to help the needy kids in Athens, Ohio. And as of early last week, Tuesday or Wednesday, more than $340,000, more than a third of a million was gathered to help them. So let's turn our attention back to today's scripture from Isaiah chapter 7. In this situation, no amount of money would have been enough. Because there are times when you just need something more. Let me explain. 700 years before Christ was born, wicked King Ahaz was ruling over Judah, the southern kingdom of the divided kingdom. And there in Judah were God's chosen people, those who came from the, the house and the line of David. At the same time, the king of Israel in the north and the king of the Arameans, they were in cahoots in order to destroy and overthrow Judah in Jerusalem. As a result, King Ahaz and his people were, were shaking in their boots. Well, the Bible almost puts it like this. It says, the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. If you want a picture of someone who is in need and who knew it, that was Ahaz. He was the poster child. So what did our Lord do? What would you expect him to do? Well, being gracious as he is, God wanted to give King Ahaz a word of hope. That's what he needed. So he promised to Ahaz that, that an invasion was not going to happen. He had nothing to worry about. But remember me saying that Ahaz was a wicked king. So wicked, in fact, that he sacrificed his son in a fire. And on top of that, he put more of his trust in the political alliances he could make than, than in the, the promises of God. I think we should pause here. 
Pause long enough for each of us to ask, is, is there any part of Ahaz lurking inside of me? I mean, when your back is up against the wall, when your enemies have ganged up on you and want to destroy you, when you're feeling the pressure on every side of being in need, what do you do? But knowing Ahaz perfectly well, just as he knows you and me, the Lord first spoke this word of caution to Ahaz. He said, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you won't stand firm at all. You will not stand at all. That's how important our faith is. It's life-giving. Whether we're in the season of Advent or Easter, whether you are a new disciple of Jesus or you have followed Him for decades, isn't our greatest need that God would increase our faith? For every baptized child of God, this thing called life is really all about living by faith. The writer of Hebrews made it crystal clear. He said, for it's impossible to please God without faith. Uh, the men and women of the Old Testament that we look up to, they're called heroes of the faith in the New Testament. The cornerstone of our Christian uh, beliefs is that we are made right with God through faith in Jesus. And as if all of that still isn't enough, God tells us He loves to bless those who live by faith. So, back to Isaiah chapter 7. After the Lord had promised Ahaz that he had nothing to worry about, God went even further in order to, to increase his faith. Because sometimes, you just need a little more. Ahaz needed more. I mean, it was great that God said that his, his enemies wouldn't prevail, but still, Ahaz was not convinced. Verse 10, again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, Ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. Let's make this personal again. In these days leading up to the celebration of Jesus' birth, are you needing something more? Certainly you know the words of the Christmas carols. Silent night, away in the manger. It came upon a midnight clear. You've probably been singing those since you were a child. But do you need something more, more substantial than just the words of a song? If you're young in your faith, if you struggle to let the promises of Jesus guide your decisions, you need something more. Something more than you've picked up in a New Trinity or a, a Christianity 101 classroom. What if you're headed into major surgery? What if you or one of your loved ones has recently been admitted to hospice 
In times like those, you need something more. More than a well-meaning friend putting their arm around you and saying, it's going to be okay. Do you need something more to quiet your nagging fears? Perhaps a sign. A sign that is so far out of the ordinary that no one could miss it. A sign so impossible that, that only God could be at work in it. If so, you, you, you certainly don't want to do what King Ahaz did. In fact, you're not going to believe what he did. Verse 12. It sounds so righteous, so pious, but it's such the opposite. Ahaz said, I will not ask, I will not put the Lord to the test. Friends, when your Lord God, when your Heavenly Father invites you to ask for a sign, a sign to prove that His promises are true, why would Ahaz refuse it? Maybe the easier way to answer it is if I put it like this. Whenever you've been in great need, whenever you have felt inadequate or demoralized, have you ever refused God's offer? There at the end of Matthew 11, Jesus makes us such an offer. He says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened. And I'll give you rest. In your times of desperation, have you ever snubbed God? And if so, did you ever ask yourself why? It's the same with us as it was with Ahaz. It's our pride. It's our sinful pride. That's why we refuse and even when we're on the brink of being destroyed, still we think to ourselves, uh, that, that, I don't need your help. Thanks just the same. So God, how does God, our Heavenly Father, how, how does... Well, let me back up. When, when we, when we kind of just tighten up and buck up and say, I'll do it myself, that sounds like a child, doesn't it? So, so how does God, our Heavenly Father, treat His children? He treats us with patience, doesn't He? With great patience. And most of all, He treats us with grace. Despite our refusals, God continues to give Ahaz and us good things just the same. Things that we never deserve. And that's what's so surprising about, about Christmas. The gift of Jesus is a gift that no one deserved. No one deserved for the Son of God to come to earth as our Savior. But still, He came, and He came for all of us. Not only that, when Ahaz was in need, God... God gave him that something more. He gave him that sign. A sign so unlikely, a sign so humanly impossible that God had to be at work in it. And this is what God gave to him. Let's see if we can get there. 
Here it is. This was the something more. The Lord said, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. We'll call him Emmanuel. What was, was that a one-off? What, was that a one and done? Something never to be repeated? Not at all. In the verses that I read earlier from Matthew chapter 1, Joseph must have heard those words too. If not out loud from the angels, certainly he had learned and memorized them in his mind. That time when he was in need of guidance and direction. The time that he needed something more. You know the backstory. Mary had confided in him that the child in her womb had been conceived by the Holy Spirit. Yet try as he may, Joseph couldn't wrap his mind around all of that. How could it be? Why him and Mary? What, what was really going on here? The, the best thing it seemed to Joseph was just to, to quietly divorce Mary and send her away. But clearly he needed something more. So this angel came to him in a dream. Now that was, that was a big something more, wasn't it? Because angels are God's messengers and the message that was given to Joseph was, was exactly what Mary had told him. That the child conceived in her was the Holy Spirit. Not maybe, not possibly. No questions, no doubt. Mary's child would be the Son of God and Joseph was chosen to raise him in his home. If you had been Joseph, would the appearance of an angel been enough? Would that have been what you needed? Would it have been all that you needed? If it was or if it wasn't for Joseph, we don't, we don't really know, but we do know this. Whenever our God gives, He gives generously. He gives graciously. He gives in abundance. He gives us what we need and then still more. This was the still more which Joseph needed. Mary's child would be named Jesus because her son, as God's son, would save his people from their sins. That was the something more that Joseph really needed. That's the something more that you and I really need. God has sent His Son to save us, to wash us, to cleanse us, to redeem us, to, to rescue us from our sins. The, firmest, the promise first made to Ahaz way back when was not a one and done. Because everyone who has ever read Matthew chapter 1, who's ever read that portion of the Christmas story, has heard it as well. The virgin will give birth to a son, and we'll call him Emmanuel, which means 
God with us. Friends, if our Heavenly Father would be so gracious to give us a sign, isn't He the one that that deserves our full trust? And, And if He would give us not just a sign, but a Savior, isn't He the one we can trust and obey? Because that's what Joseph did. Even though it made no sense to him, he took Mary home as his wife. We can be that confident of God's words too. Because it's His words which increase our faith. And as our faith grows, so does our obedience. All glory be to God. Amen. And may that peace of God that surpasses human understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.